Hi, you're listening to Under the Radar. Between the main episodes where we feature our big band or artist interviews is this space, where I shed some light about the making of the current episode, or read out an Apple podcast review, or an email we might have received from you. So if you're interested in being featured on our show, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or email me at celine.teoblocky at undertheradarmag.com. If you didn't catch that, don't worry, it's in our show notes. Today, we're talking about our season two launch episode, where I spoke to Wayne Coyne of The Flaming Lips. Now, fans of The Lips know how the band really love to include field recordings in their songs. So listen to this tape that didn't make it to the final cut. Wayne and I were discussing When We Die, When We're High, one of the tracks on the album American Head. In it, there is the sort of sound of a vicious dog barking. Ominous, you know, like if you take drugs and you die, the hounds of hell will come get you. Well, at least that was the feeling that I was getting about this track. So listen to what Wayne says about this. Oh, it totally is. Yeah, yeah. When you're the flaming lips and we're like you, I mean, we we love this type of stuff where it's sound effects and it's storytelling. Yeah, those dogs... Stephen had recorded them when we were doing the Zyreka record. So this was wow. back in 1996, 1997. And we had like a, a battery operated handheld, you know, kind of ahead of its time digital recorder. And I remember him, he would take the bicycle down the dirt road that was outside of the studio and he'd go down, buy some cigarettes down at the store and come back. And oftentimes these dogs would terrorize him. And we had a song called The Big Old Bug is the New Baby Now. This is a crazy track on Syrica. And it's about dogs chewing up a big plastic insect toy, you know. Um, and and I just thought, well, man, see if you can get these dogs to chase you. And when they do, you just, you know, record <laughs> re- record on the way down, record on the way back. And these these dogs are absolutely menacing. And I think they're, they're barking so loud that it's distorting it a, a little bit as well. You can kind of tell, you know, and then Dave Fridman sets it in a great, it, you know, kind of pans from one side of the stereo or headphones, you know, yeah. to the other. And we just had it forever. And I think we always are like, um, yeah, we need some dogs and, you know, virtually everything that we've ever recorded, we have it, wow. you know, we have it right here with us. So we can go back 20 years and go, yeah, let's, let's get those dogs again. So, it is. It's just silly stuff like that. And, you know, if we had to find if we had to go out and record them again or just find a generic one or something, it probably wouldn't be as fun for us. So, you know, all these things just play into things that we've already that we already like. And, you know, by the time we were doing Zyreka, you know, we're already older guys. So that doesn't feel like a record that's, you know, 25 years old. It just feels like something we did a couple wow. of years ago, even though it's, it's a long, long time ago now. I think almost every song that we do, I try to say, there's got to be a sound effect in there. Mm-hmm. It's not music. It's not singing. It's not a musical instrument. It's got to be a sound that someone out there would go, oh, that's that reminds me of this or that. And 
I don't know if we've done it every time, but I'm I'm always a little bit like, you know, if things are going good, I'm always sort of like, we got to get a sound effect in there. And so, yeah. So go listen to When We Die When We're High again. And also, more importantly, go listen to the old Zarika track. I really wanted to include this in the original podcast because as somebody who's just interested in field recordings, it, it's always exciting to hear what's going through an artist's mind when they put that in there. But also dogs just seem to be a recurring theme that day. My dog was barking during the interview and this track had the barking on it as well. And so I had to work this sort of barking sound into the opening segment music. I don't know if anyone caught it. I also wanted to include what Wayne said because I think the lips diehards would be like, yeah, I totally heard that. <laughs> or I did think that there was something familiar about it from Zyrika. Um, so now you know. If you heard this last episode, you might notice the less than perfect Zoom audio at the top. We had some funky Zoom issues and we're in pandemic, so mo most people understand. And so there was a bit of tape that couldn't be recorded, but they could hear me fine. So we carried on with the interview. But what I heard was like Wayne talking to me from outer space. There's lots of reverb, there's lots of delay. I guess that's what speaking to the flaming lips is like totally trippy. <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm always inviting listeners of the show to write us an Apple podcast review. And early this week, I received this one. The title reads, Super Thoughtful Podcast. The host Celine does a great job getting to very insightful and thoughtful questions of artists and goes very deep. The recent Flaming Lips podcast was great and gave me a lot of insight to a band I followed from the early days. That was quite nice. But full disclosure, as soon as I read that, I knew who it was. And so I invited him to the show today. I'm Mark Moody and I'm a, I'm a writer for Under the Radar. I'm, I've been listening to indie music and, you know, alternative, whatever you want to call it, going back to... The 80s, uh, not to date myself, but uh, that's, the, that's the truth of it. Um, so used to go, you know, to the used record stores and trade stuff and get whatever was new coming out. And last week, I listened to your podcast with Wayne Coyne. That's a band that's been out there and known to me, well, I guess since their second album came out. Uh, oh, my God, it's the Flaming Lips. My younger brother, he's like three years younger than me. So he was actually into them first and had the album and played it all the time and and we grew up in Houston, and uh, you know they're from Oklahoma City, so I guess we were close enough to where in the early days they would come, you know, do shows in Dallas and Houston. And I guess I was like early twenties at that point, so we would go to just a ton of shows. Like whoever was coming through Houston, we would be there. So that was one of the ones I definitely remember the, the early days of my live music uh, adventures. What was their live shows like back then? I mean, it was over 30 plus years ago. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I remember it like it was yesterday, but I definitely remember. I mean, the first thing, it was in like a really cruddy club. Uh, it was called the Axiom in Houston. I, I don't think they had air conditioning. I looked it up. It was like, it, it used to be like a drugstore and it had like, like a boarding house attached to it. That, so there was rumors it was a brothel at one point. <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, it, it was a club at the time, and I think the owner lived upstairs, and like bands would come through, and they could stay there. Like I said, my brother was, you know, crazy about that album and, and the band, and wanted to go. So we went down there. You know, what I remember most was, 
And I actually, I looked it up on Setlist FM. I think the show is out there from like January of 1988. And it, it has like a 12-song set list. But all I remember was like once they started playing, they never stopped. There was not like a break between songs or anything. It was just like a continual, you know, if you told me they had played one song with just, you know, different shifts and, you know, passages and stuff in it, I would I would believe that that was the case. <laughs> um, even I think they had like two Led Zeppelin covers thrown in there. So it was just, and I, you know, this is kind of weird because I've I've seen so many bands and I've seen so many bands multiple times. I've I've never seen them since that first show, which is you know I'd like to, <laughs> but uh, wow. so that was my one and only you know live Flaming Lips experience, and it, it was definitely pretty mind blowing. The other thing that was funny is that they we talked to them after the show out in the parking lot, and they were just like in this you know white van that I guess they drove around in. During the show, they had one of these like spinny ball things with like the multicolored lights and like a bubble machine. I know I know today they have the big bubbles <laughs> that Wayne gets inside. Wow, well, so this even is, back then. Yeah, these are the little little soap bubbles, like toy things. I don't know if the bubble machine was on the whole time, but the, the light machine was on the whole time. So, you know, I'd never really seen a band like using props or, or putting on a light show. And it was pretty cool to see that. I know they've gone much beyond that today, but uh, special effects on a budget, I guess. What sort of uh, memories came kind of flooding to you as you heard the episode? Yeah, it was really cool. I, I think I liked the part where he was talking about nobody ever told him that what he was doing was wrong, kind of experiment and, and go for it. And um, my son plays guitar, so my other kids are, you know, artsy in different ways. But, uh, you know, so kind of the same environment, you know, just uh, encouragement. And, you know, my brother and I were like music lovers, but I wouldn't say neither one of us was uh, what you would call artistic. So, we didn't really have that environment ourselves, but uh, you know, I've tried to parent my own kids that way. The, you know, the other thing that Wayne was talking about, which I thought was really cool, and it reminded me of another uh, interview, was he, he was talking about, like, we made this music, and we don't really know how we did it. It just, like, turned out, and it was great, and, you know, I couldn't replicate it again. And um, one of my other favorite bands is the Minutemen. Their album, uh, the Double Nickels on the Dime. There's a documentary about the band and George Hurley, the drummer on there, he's, you know, he's like says, like, I don't know how I played drums like that over the course of that album. And, you know, I could never do it again. I'd never done it before. So it's just kind of cool to have those moments or memories, I guess, that get committed to, to tape and they're there for all of eternity. And maybe, you know, you don't know why it came together the way it did at the time. So you were also saying that some of the band's later albums, they resonated with you because of your children. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because, I mean, I mean, a lot of their songs are pretty simple in terms of their message. And I mean, the music can get pretty complex. But, you know, the Flaming Lips, they've kind of been there like, uh, you know, my whole, you know, music listening life, uh, which continues to today. But uh, when the Yoshimi album came out in 2002, we have three kids. My oldest, Kate, she was like seven years old and we were running carpool to elementary school. You know, I had the CD in the car and my own kids, like when they heard it, they wanted to hear fight song at the beginning. And I don't know what it was, just the message of the song or the way it sounded or something. But like, as soon as that was over, they wanted to go to Yoshimi part two, not Yoshimi part one that everybody listens to. (laughs) This is the, this is the song where there's the battle between Yoshimi and the robots and she's screaming and there's laser noises. When that song would end, they just wanted to hear it again. 
Um, so, you know, I don't like, do you realize it's the end of the album? I don't, I listened to it when I was alone. I don't think they ever listened to it. Yeah, it's just kind of cool that in the late 80s, I had my first connection with them through my brother. And then when Yoshimi came out, my kids kind of fell in love with it. And uh, it was on constant uh, rotation <laughs> for a pretty long time. I also exposed a lot of our neighbor kids to the Flaming Lips through the carpool. I never got any complaints, <laughs> so I guess, I guess that's, uh, that's pretty good. I read your review for American Head. What did you uh, like most about American Head? So for me, and I like, I've, I've got a, uh, you know, maybe it's because of my age or whatever, but I think I've always been this way, really. I've had always had like kind of a sentimental streak. So any song that uh, like touches on, you know, kind of nostalgia from, when you grew up or something that happened in your life that's recounted in a story or something like that. You know, the early early part of it, he's talking about friends that he lost and, you know, well, I guess you could even go so far as to the dinosaurs are all dead, um, you know, and then loss of friends. And then, so to me, I think when I wrote the review, and I guess, you know, part of this was just my own take of it, was it, uh, it felt to me like he was like boarding a spaceship and going mm -hmm. off into the stratosphere and, you know, thinking back or, you know, I think I described it as looking out the back hatch of the spaceship at, you know, everything that had gone on in his life. So to me, it was kind of a, it felt like a recap of, you know, experiences he had when he was younger. And uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool how it was all framed up that way and kind of had kind of a, you know, linear progression to it from a storytelling point of view. Nice. Thank you, Mark Moody. Look out for his reviews and interviews that he does for Under the Radar magazine. Those of you who don't know, the podcast is called Under the Radar because of the magazine, <laughs> which has been around for almost 20 years. And as you know, there's very, very few print music magazines out there still like you can go into a Barnes and Noble and buy one um, that's under the radar so please pick up a copy I hope you've enjoyed this short bite-sized under the radar episode please follow us on Apple Podcasts Spotify wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss next month's episode we might even have a bonus one for you so follow us write a review Email me at celine.teoblocky at undertheradarmag.com. Till next time, you've been listening to Under the Radar with me, Celine Teoblocky.